The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. Coming back, licking our wounds again as the Kansas City Chiefs lose two straight at home to the AFC South, possibly the worst AFC division. Uh, maybe it might be the AFC West, if we're being honest now, but everything is wrong right now. Anyway, so uh, I am joined, as always, by my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Matt, hello. Hi. How are you doing, Kit? <laughs> I'm doing, Matt. Oh, come this on. Do good. well. Do good. Be in better spirits. The Chiefs I'm play gonna... again in two days. I don't feel good about that. You get That a... does not make me feel better. You get this to... team is not ready to play. To Patrick watch... Mahomes isn't going to get his ankle ready in two days. You get to watch Patrick Mahomes sling around the pigskin in two Do more I? days. Do I? It's a minute in. How is this, how is this going like this so fast? I don't understand. I'm. This is gonna. This is gonna be interesting. We should welcome Craig, our third friend here. Find him on Twitter at Barley Hop. He gets to chart another ninety-six snaps in two days for the defense. You guys, Mondays suck. Like all around, Mondays suck even worse when you're six weeks into a bad defense and you're watching eighty-seven plays in 36 hours because you got to get this article out especially hot this week with the short week and we don't have all 22 yet at the time of this recording i have been immersed in chief's defense for the past 36 hours so uh gross hey craig uh, how long was your arrowhead pride sabbatical between last year and the last time you wrote uh not long enough apparently because i came back to a terrible defense but what I- year was it Oh, 2015, I think. Okay, so you have not watched. So you came back to talk about this defense and have basically not got to watch and analyze a a good defense since 2015. I I, I maybe got a game or two last year. No, it doesn't count. Nope. (laughs) Nope, refuse to believe it. Okay, so we're doing things a little bit differently today. We are doing a mailbag in, in a sense. We're doing a little bit differently. I asked you all to get into the Chiefs of his spirit. And you all gave me your grievances. I have read all of them. I have moved a lot of them into certain buckets. And there's like 10 things we're going to address here. We're going to try to address them all quickly. But before we address them all, I am going to read aloud the most cathartic of grievances. The ones that made us laugh. The ones that might make you feel a little bit better. But then we'll just discuss each issue, each thing that you kind of really hammered on so we're gonna go about it a little differently but thank you guys all i think we had like 200 people that aired a grievance (laughs) you guys have a lot of problems you got a lot of problems with a lot of people you guys probably have uh, less problems than we do with the same people yeah (laughs) (laughs) the chiefs have a lot of problems uh we'll start with this one though Let's just let, you know how Andy says it starts with me. A lot of people like people didn't like me to, this week either. <laughs> well, every week, but they at, at least verbalized it this week. 
Uh, Luke Booth said, being 4-2 and two isn't bad. I blame Kent Swanson for the incredible optimism this offseason that I decided to embrace. Now I feel like we're 0-6 at 4-2. and two. Thanks, Luke. King Saris asks, my gripe is with every single Chiefs Twitter analyst acting like run defense doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I kind of fall into that boat a little bit. It but absolutely does matters. It just doesn't matter a lot. BT and KC asks, this is my favorite one, so what if the 49ers end the season with a better record than the Chiefs? Well, we keep our own second-round pick. Rest in peace, the 33 years, to add insult to injury. Uh, you guys don't need to comment on that unless you have something you really You're want to talk about. You're about to retire the sub-49ers at this rate. Yeah. yeah, yeah no it's, kidding. It's Those guys look great. That defense okay. looks great. Thanks for adding insult to injury. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do we not do I not get to get my Chiefs of his takes from Kent off my chest here? Uh, I thought this was about it. Go for no, it. No, I don't have any problems with you, Kent. Come on, Love buddy. You, you Love know you, I do. Love you. Okay. Here's the first real one. <laughs> Second and 14. Needs no other explanation. Here's mm-hmm. some of the takes. Cage Fighter 58. Imagine having Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey on the field, then run the ball up the middle on second and 14. I don't know. Peter Y. Golf asks or says, for all the good Andy does passing, he sure loves to run at the worst possible linens. He said linens. He meant times, I'm sure, but I'm giving him a pass because obviously this is a rough day for Chiefs fans. Stacy Meyer probably has one of the best grievances of the day. She just calls it the second and 14 run call game. We have a name for that game now, guys. Shout out to KC Dave 85. Shout out to Addison Spees. And shout out to Ken Hagen for similar takes. Guys, the second and 14 call was egregious. It was absolutely egregious. And not, not much had been going wrong. All right. This was the, after the second. This was the second three and out of the second half. They only got three possessions. The first one we'll talk about later because I have a lot of things to air about Andy Reid. But my goodness, they handed the ball off on second and fourteen in a in the late in the fourth quarter. Maddie, it's something that Andy Reid likes to do. He Andy Reid, for a pass happy coach, very much enjoys second and long runs. I, he feels he can steal a couple extra yards and give himself a third and makeable situation that opens up his entire playbook. I one hundred percent believe that's his thought process. He thinks the Texans will be playing pass, like most teams will be playing pass against him, and he thinks he can get a free six, seven, eight yards off this run, get a third and makeable that opens up all of his screen plays, his little motion swings, everything in his playbook. That's what Andy Reid wants to play with at all times. If he throws another incomplete pass there, he doesn't get the whole playbook. He's always been a big believer in these second and long runs. It's bit the Chiefs a ton. It's helped them more than it's hurt them. I just think at this point in time in the game, it, it was an absolutely ridiculous call. I don't understand it. I will never understand it. I think it was terrible. But if you kind of follow Andy Reid's history, it is something he likes to do. Yeah, it is. But unfortunately, everybody in the league also knows that. And a second and 14 run call does not bother me if you're winning. You need to move the ball. You're not moving the ball. You're down points. At this point, you need to be able to put something together. Your defense is getting run over and you come out on a second and 14 and you run the ball. So now the clock is still moving. You are behind the sticks. You, It's literally the same as a second down incompletion at that point. You don't want the clock to move. If you're winning at least the worst case scenarios, you force maybe the other team to take a timeout or you take more time off the clock. You needed to move the ball. It's egregious. It's awful. You can't make that call. That's that's situational football. You have to be better than that. Which run call was worse? Oh, man. Which one was worse? That one. That one. That one was worse. Oh, fourth down. Shout was, out. The fourth down run was 100% worse to me. Oh, well, my God. I, don't, the, uh, I have recency bias, Matt, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Also, the Texans' run defense on obvious passing downs is better than the Chiefs' defense, just in general. Period. Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, let's let's go to Andy Reid because there was a lot of Andy Reid uh, disgust. Uh, Kim Guy says, what are they doing well? Joey Lewis says, we don't know who we are. You're right. They don't have an identity right now. Rye Oreo 
says Andy Reid's conservative play calling that got him fired in Philly is creeping into Kansas City. Uh, not really vegan says, guys, I've got it. Line up in punt formation on every down with Mahomes as the punter. He'll have plenty of time for his receiver routes to develop, and, it, and it's not like his arm can't overcome the insane line of scrimmage deficit from punt <laughs> formation. Uh, uh, shout out to Ethan Can- Ethan Kahn, uh, Orskog W, and Seamus who had similar gripes. Oscar G says, if and if Andy Reid keeps calling these plays, Mahomes' value is going to go down, and maybe we will get a deal done <laughs> this year for less money. Uh, don't bet on it, buddy. Uh, Cameron Corwin won this category by saying Andy Reid is the most overrated walrus on earth. <laughs> Maddie, your thoughts? This is a rough one for me because Andy Reid was kind of like my key going into this game. I thought this was a game where he was going to come out and he was going to get the Chiefs the win. I thought this was a game where Andy Reid was going to put a stamp on it. The Chiefs are going to win because of Andy Reid. Start of the game looked very much to be true. Tweeted out something about the Andy Reid special. I was riding real high on that prediction. Andy Reid was going to come out and win this game. Patrick Mahomes then got hurt. Andy Reid proceeded to get through all of his scripted plays and then seemed to have nothing left. He seemed to completely run out of ideas on how to play football with this team that didn't have a quarterback that could move and sling the ball all across the field. He didn't know what to do with a run game that wasn't working, with the left side of the offensive line that didn't work. The, his only solution was to put DeAnthony Thomas on the field and try to force him the ball on these jet motion swing passes that he flashed all game long. I don't, I don't understand what Andy Reid was doing down the stretch with some of the play calling. I feel like he is slipping still on the details. His scripted plays this week were fantastic. He rolled the press, the pocket away from the left side of the offense line. He got the ball out quick. He called a ton of screen plays. The team looked so good that as soon as Mahomes got hurt and was a little less mobile, it didn't even need a mobile Mahomes to enact that whole game plan. They just went away from it for no reason whatsoever. They just stopped. I don't know what's going through Andy Reid's mind right now. He needs to take a good long look in the mirror because I feel like he is just not coaching at the same level he has in the years past. This is three games in a row he has been outcoached by inferior coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, this game was a prime example of Andy Reid as a football coach. Andy Reid is a stone-cold, cold-blooded killer. And that's how that game started. And simultaneously soft as hell. And it infects everybody around him. And that's how that game ended. This team is a finesse team. And when they're clicking, it's impossible to stop. But when things go wrong, when they get punched in the mouth, when something goes the wrong way, it's over. Like uh, They are folding right now. You got a turnover, it's over. You got a penalty that goes against you that was a bad call. Sure, it's over. This team does not respond. They they currently don't look like they have the mental fortitude to do this. And we've kind of seen this with some Andy Reid teams in the past. They just kind of fall apart when they they encounter some adversity. And it kind of it, it it's partially due to Andy. You start the game like that, and then you just go away from it the moment that one thing doesn't work, and you just kind of lose your way, and it falls apart. I I love Andy Reid. I want him to win a Super Bowl this year so badly because I love him so much, and I I just need him to get one. But he's got to clean this up in the worst way. I love the play action shot with 30 seconds left that Mahomes got sacked on. Uh, I thought that was great. But, guys, the last two possessions of the Chiefs game lasted a minute and 29 seconds. They had a 15-second pos- pe- uh, possession. And here's the plays that entitled. A swing screen to DeAnthony Thomas, Dave Tobe's pet. Because for some reason, we need to get the seventh-best offensive weapon, eighth-best. Cam Irving might be a better offensive weapon than, than, he at least than DeAnthony fall Thomas. And... And they tried to give him a, a manufactured touch. What? Why? What are you doing? He shouldn't be on the football team. He looks worse with the 84, by the way. The, the 13 at least looked a little bit okay. He looks like a junior high tight end. Leave the 13 on Pringle. Leave it on Pringle, baby. But they throw a, okay, they throw a swing pass. And it just it ugh. okay. Second and ten, they throw a fade ball to to Demarcus Robinson. That's probably on Pat. Why are you trusting your fifth best receiver 
on a fade ball. Maybe they're just trying to challenge whatever is worse than Phil Gaines that what apparently the Texans have in their secondary. It didn't matter because this team can't do anything offensively now. And then the I think there was a pass interference call that didn't get called on Travis Kelsey because mm-hmm. they're just allowed to mug him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're allowed to full-on tackle Travis Kelsey nowadays. Uh, and then, I, then the second and 14 run happened the next possession. Good good news, guys. That what that that possession lasted a minute 14. A lot of the issues, like all this time possession stuff, is because the offense just pooped the bed in the second half. Fantastic drive coming out of the gate, and then they forgot how to football. Andy Reid, figure it out. You need four quarters of football, and you gave us two and a half. All right. One, one quick thing, Brett real Veach. quick. I feel like part of the issue too is Andy Reid is not doing a good job of making and then going to would go to place to your best players. Like Tyreek Hill got a lot of passes when he was in the game, but I think a lot of that was Pat trying to force him the ball. I don't think Andy's doing a good job dialing up plays to get Travis Kelsey to get Tyreek Hill good looks. I think he's still letting them go out there and win, and if they're not, he's more than okay dialing up the Demarcus Robinson play, the McCole Hardman play, the DeAnthony Thomas play that you've been setting up all game that everybody saw coming the entire time that he still dropped. I feel like he's trying to use <laughs> everything at one time instead of just trusting his best players. And I did want to touch on Kelsey because I don't think there's another spot for this. If I'm a defense that plays Travis Kelsey, I don't care if I get three straight defensive pass interference penalties. I'm hitting with the line of scrimmage every time. He loses his mind as the game goes on if you get too physical with him, especially if he doesn't mm-hmm. get calls. He checks himself out. Yeah, if he catches a ball, he might you might get angry Travis and watch him run. But you can check him out of a game, take him out of what makes him so special, being such a good route runner that takes advantage of his athleticism. If you get overly physical with him, you bait him into playing that game rather than what really makes him excel. I would do that every week if I was a defender. All right, Brett Veach time. Techno Brad, shout out to Techno Brad. He just just replied fire Veach to just about every tweet in this thread. Black Glass says, without Mahomes, Veach would have already been fired for his poop drafting. This team will not beat the Pats. Rymer asks, hashtag, blame it on Brett. Hashtag, all of it. <laughs> Dole Mike 64 Chris Ballard should have been given the keys. Chiefs182 said, Spags was a terrible hire, and Brett Veach is the worst GM in the National Football League. Millsert Mike says, Veach has to go, trading the first-round pick to overpay Clark and offering the next two picks for Ramsey. Should have hired Jack Del Rio instead of Spags for DC. Andy has no balance to his play calling and should have given up that duty. Uh, <laughs> lots of impact there. Matt, I know you've got some issues with uh, with Brett Veach. I think we need a week of a longer Brett Veach segment because I do. I have so many Brett Veach takes, and I want to give him time. He deserves some time. He's made some nice stuff. But here's, here's the issue with Brett Veach. Go back to when he started having control of this team. What has Brett Veach fixed? What has he fixed through free agency or through the draft? Safety. Anything else? I like Frank Clark. I think Frank Clark's a good player. That's fine if you don't or you do whatever. He's still one defensive end. You still have a second defensive end that plays every snap. Correct me if I'm wrong, Craig. They usually play two defensive ends every round. Yes, usually. Typically. And you you need at least one backup. They don't have this stuff. They don't have defensive ends. They don't have defensive tackles. They don't have linebackers, cornerbacks. Their wide receiver free agency move busts. They don't have backup tight ends. They haven't fixed anything with Brett Veach at the helm, whether he's ignored it with cornerback, whether he's made bad signings with Hitchens, Sammy Watkins, whatever. He has fixed nothing. If it wasn't for Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid at times dragging this team forward through a depleted roster that does not have a good enough talent level at the positions that they've paid money or drafted, yeah, he would be on the hot seat. Pat Mahomes gives him the rest of this year, likely another year, but he's got to start fixing some of these positions. You can't fix them all. You can't fix everything if you're Brett Veach, but this laundry list of positions that need to be fixed for the team going forward that are a problem is getting really long. And the problem is he's attempted to address a lot of them and it hasn't worked. That's not good. Yeah. um, This entire defense is Brett Veach's creation. 
Like, this, it's not like we're sitting Yay. around going, hey, you know, these guys were John Dorsey's guys, and he's just living off of John Dorsey's guys, and that's why this defense is awful because he's focused on the offense. That's not the case. He he has damn near turned over this entire defense, and it's garbage. It is awful. Uh, they, they're just not good. They are not good at football, and they don't play with an intensity and yet, that's the thing that Brett Veach has gone out of his way. The past two years, that's what we've heard. We need a mentality. We're soft. We're soft against the run. We're not you know, we're not coming out with the kind of aggression that we need on that side of the ball. So we're going to go out. We're going to spend lots of money. We're going to spend lots of assets fixing that aggression, changing the tone and the mindset on that side of the ball. Guys, we're right where we were two years ago before Brett Veach is here, just with less corners. This is – it's a – it's a major, major problem, and guys, they, they don't have the kind of assets to fix it next year. They're going to have to pay Patrick Mahomes. He's going to cost a lot of money. We all agree they have to pay Patrick Mahomes. So yes. I, if they got to do all that, their cap hits are going to be problematic. They don't have the draft assets to really go out and fix all of these holes the holes are just going to get more and more significant, especially if he keeps missing on guys. The 2018 draft can't just go off on the 2018 draft. <laughs> I will in a second. Actually, I'll just do it now. I know a bunch of bloggers, some that weren't even really bloggers yet, some were fan posters, that told you the 2018 draft class wasn't good. And Derek Noddy was the one thing that we were all really hopeful about, and he's been bad too. Freeland Speaks isn't figuring it out, and he's already halfway through his rookie contract. He's probably going to come in weighing over 300 pounds, and they're going to have to play him at one tech. That's which they fine. Need. They need one. Yeah. I'm fine Dorian, with this. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll work. So into the Dorian, future. <laughs> Dorian O'Daniel, even when his hamstring wasn't hurt, was not worth the draft pick. He can't even get on the field. This linebacking core is terrible, and you spend a top 100 pick on a guy that can't make the field. And he's not good on special teams either. What has he done? I'm sure he's good on Dave Tobe's chart. Armani Watts ain't it. He can't get on the field either. Great special teamer. The Chiefs drafted a bunch of special teamers at best. You got a couple more picks in that glass. Keep going. I'm enjoying no, this. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Finish it out. Khalil McKenzie's Khalil McKenzie was a great sixth round pick for Seattle, maybe. The best defender plays offensive line for another team. <laughs> <laughs> that 2018 class, there's really not much that's redeemable about it. And even if Derek Nadi, who was the one bright spot, which if a one and a half down player is your bright spot, that's a problem. My my issue with Brett Veach so far is this. The Chiefs, some of these positions just need to be good enough. Like, I don't expect some, all these moves to pan out, and they just need to be good enough. None of the moves are good enough. The linebackers, they've spent a lot of draft, draft capital. They spent a third on Ordaniel, a fourth on Reggie Ragland to trade for him, a fifth to acquire, or sixth to acquire uh, Darren Lee. They spent $9 million average per year on Anthony Hitchens. And they have it. They fine. Good. Damien Wilson is adequate-ish for for his price tag. They have done. They have nothing. It's going to get. It, they have nothing, and they're going to have to spend draft capital again on it when they need to be addressing corner and tackle and wide receiver and defensive line and corner again. Maybe corner a third time. I think this is a good time to ask. For the listeners that don't know, Kent is definitely, I think, the biggest Brett Veach fan of us yes. three. Not, mm-hmm. that the, not that me and Craig dislike him. Just I think we have more questions about Brett Veach than Kent always has. We have had long debates this offseason about Brett Veach. How has your opinion changed after these first few weeks of the season? I could apologize some of the things that have happened in the past, and I'm done apologizing for them. Like, that's really what it is. I can explain a lot of contextual stuff, but it's just blatantly obvious that he has doubled down on some of the dumb moves that he's done. And you can't explain away everything, and at some point, they've got to be better. And nothing about this defense is better, except for the safeties. Safeties are pretty good. I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence. This is... 
this is this is dumb. This is a dumb statement. The best, the best. I'm not even gonna say it. Well, okay, let me save you then here. The best player. No, hold on. The best player. The best player for the Chiefs drafts of Brett Veach has been the highest graded player in the KC draft guide. Bye. <laughs> I'm just. I just. Of I also course. wanted to add the safety is the safety position is the one that's been fixed, and the reason it's been fixed is because they have paid high high end safety money for one of them and drafted the other safety relatively high both this last offseason so they just mm-hmm. got brought in and these safeties aren't even put in their best positions to play because they have to cover for the rest of the defense that sucks because Tyron Matthew has to play a deep half because they can't let him play close to the line of scrimmage because they're afraid to get beat deep they have to put him in the position that he struggles the most with because the rest of the team's terrible I just mm. I'm not saying that the Casey Jeff guide is better than Brett Beach. I just, <laughs> it sounds like that's what you're saying. Man, that did sound like what you were saying. That Remember, sounds, that's, that's Kent so, Swanson at Kent so, Swanson on Twitter. Yeah, I I don't. That's not what I'm saying, and I'm not that cocky or whatever. It's just if you were given even three picks, could you have had a better 2018 draft? Yeah, easily. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty though. Yeah. But hey, Jesse Bates went in the Chiefs draft spot. That's true. Kent, and Jesse Bates is good at football. Kent wouldn't have Juan Thornhill because he'd have Jesse Bates. That's true. That's okay. I think because I'd Juan, have Juan, Juan Thornhill. Thornhill instead of, we have Justin Lane instead of Juan Thornhill. I don't know if that's good. Yeah, I don't know if that's good either. He can't get on the field. <laughs> Anyways, linebackers. <laughs> President Zavi says, "How is Ben Neiman the best linebacker they have? Undrafted free agent, Adam." Uh, Cole says Wilson and Lee can eat dirt. <laughs> Tanner they Graver. did a lot of that. They did a lot of that. Tanner Graver says, name one thing the linebacker group does well other than miss tackles, blow assignments, and be slow to react. The 2018 draft class is next level bad. Brendan Daly has got to be a double agent and will collect his 2019 Patriots Super Bowl ring in February. I love that so much. That's the best comment I have heard or read so far. Vince Gerstner says also our linebackers equal dog turds and the most concerning part of the D cornerbacks played well, but I'm still not okay with them. Russell J here says, when is the current crop of chiefs cornerbacks when the chiefs, when the current crop of chiefs cornerbacks are the best part of our defense, it tells everyone just how bad our D line and linebackers are. Dan Barnett, 22. We don't hit or tackle. We hug guys to the ground. His dirt, his darkness. The goat says toss up three aluminum poles or the chiefs linebacker corpse. corpses (laughs) corpses <laughs> spelling <laughs> spelling yes sean limbach my 11 year old is planning to write andy reed a letter to request the chiefs play anthony sherman at linebacker oh my gosh that's so good sean limbach team mayfield arsenal suffer darren d Pickett. shout out to all your sentiment sentiments about the linebackers as well that's probably my favorite group of lamentations that was just phenomenal maddie Talk about the linebacking core in different terms than we already have. Everybody, Craig, Kent, listeners of long time, Airhead Pride Faithful, I'm sorry. I have said bad things about Daniel Sorensen for multiple <laughs> years now, and he is hands down the best linebacker on this Chiefs roster. He's not good, but he's easily the best linebacker that they have. If it were up to me, Daniel Sorensen would play 100% of the snaps in place of Ben Neiman, God, in place of Ben Neiman, please. Instead of Anthony Hitchens, instead of Darren Lee, instead of anybody, Daniel Sorensen would be playing linebacker. He's not a particularly good tackler, not particularly good in other new zone coverage or anything, but he at least moves around the field at a normal pace. He is not slow everywhere. He understands that you kind of have to go forward to make tackles. You can't make tackles <laughs> backwards all the time. And he misses a few tackles, but he at least goes at someone's hips. He doesn't try to tackle their helmet and end up going over the top of them. And when Daniel Sorensen's your best linebacker, that's a problem. I could go all day on the linebackers. I'm going to let Craig kind of do that. This is, his, this is his favorite position, so we'll let him rip on him. I just had to put out there that Daniel Sorensen was the Chiefs' best linebacker, and I don't think I'm kidding. I... Uh, this, this this is my favorite position. It's making it it's making it <laughs> really damn hard right now to watch, guys. Um, Anthony Hitchens is the Chiefs' best linebacker by name. Uh, ben Neiman out there should is the best name should kind of show you 
what Anthony Hitchens does. It's not good. I'm not trying to say Anthony Hitchens is good at beat playing linebacker, but if you watch what Ben Neiman was doing out there, it was a struggle. Ben Neiman can't identify a gap. Ben Neiman takes the cheese on literally every key that's not his. It's He is problematic. The, the Texans were able to just, yes, can't go. If Breland Speaks isn't there to take the cheese, someone oh, else has of course, to. Of course, that was going to go. 2018 knew, draft class. I knew that was, yeah. But the problem is, Ben Neiman, second best linebacker on the field because Damian Wilson has was the best, and he wasn't good. Darren Lee is awful. I, I was a Darren Lee supporter going into this season. Because he could run, he had coverage ability, he even showed a little bit of juice in the preseason, making some hits, getting downhill quickly. My man has missed so many tackles this season that you know, took points or put points on the board for the opposition. It it is awful. He makes Frank what, Clark look like Bobby Wagner in terms of missed yes, tackles. He really does. <laughs> he really does. I Matt's not wrong about Dan Sorensen. He might be better. These guys aren't stacking and shedding within the box anyway. They can't get off a block. Have a guy try and beat a block, at least. Get somebody that can have some speed, get to the edge. I don't care who it is. Zach Brown just got free. I know he's got attitude issues. I don't care. Bring him in yesterday. Put him on the field on Thursday and have him get out there. It can't be worse. These guys are not on the same page. They are terrible in coverage, worse than they are in run defense somehow. And it's just, oh, I'm fired up. I, I, <laughs> I'm so fired up. They, they are making it very difficult to watch just because they're, they're so poor all around and it just didn't get fixed this offseason. Rank their pass coverage, their run defense, and their tackling one to three. No, no, we're not doing that. Threes all around. We're gonna take a we're gonna take a break in a second, but first I just want to say that Darren Lee's biggest contribution since being on the Chiefs is the TikTok about living in Kansas City, and that's it. That's where the list stops. All right, we're gonna take a break, and we have more grievances to talk about right after this. Okay, we're continuing our Chiefs to this, and uh, it's Steve Spagnolo's turn. Yay. Dutch Hawk 80 says, if you have a job opening, don't just hand it to your washed up buddy who has been on the unemployment line for over a year for a reason. Spags is Sutton in disguise. Corey D. Rowe, it's time to cut some of our defense and hire experienced guys off the street. Javi Salas, Sutton defense, mate, Spagnuolo defense, and he just gave the Spider-Man gif. <laughs> Kevin Wade, uh, responded to that. That is not giving Sutton's defense enough credit. <laughs> Robbie Wages. <laughs> I just had to find a place to put this one. Robbie Wages. Robbie Wages tags the Chiefs and Chris Jones in this. And he just says, Chiefs is not sack, sack nation at Stone Cold Jones. <laughs> Mark Morell. This isn't the Bob Sutton defense. It's the Greg Robinson defense. At least Sutton's defense could rush the passer every now and then. That's uh, not bad. Kansas Chase. Kansas Chaser, glad we changed the defense so they can't get sacks now. <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones. Shout out to Royal Chiefs 11, Mike VB, football, or future fat boy, Sig at Magic Mike, Zach Takes TN Chief, Dr. David Cordell, a doctor jumped in to tell us how bad Steve Spagnolo is, guys. There's a lot of people to shout out there. Craig, <laughs> I, talk about Spags. I feel like you're missing about 250 people that have been living in my mentions over the past 36 <laughs> hours. This a lot is of fire spags. A lot, lot of hashtag fire spags. Of fire spags. Listen, Steve Spagnolo, I felt was very good the first four weeks of the season. I know a lot of people disagree with that, but I liked the adjustments that he made. I felt like he was putting guys in good positions to succeed, and I felt like the execution wasn't there. Last week, we started seeing some stuff with the injuries. Steve Spagnuolo trying to rotate some guys in and not being able, just poor rotations, poor calls, poor, you know, running a dime in a light box on second and 10 and playing the pass, running a stunt, leaving the B gap, the front side B gap wide open and nobody within 12 yards of it. It's a problem. This week, 
was worse. The Houston Texans lined up in 12 personnel with Aikens on one side next to Hopkins in the slot, and they just forced a terrible matchup. They forced Tyron Matthew against DeAndre Hopkins over and over again, and they forced Charvarius Ward, Bashad Breland, Mo Claiborne, whoever it was against Will Fuller with the other tight end against a linebacker. They just abused the Chiefs over and over again, and Spagnuolo just did once. He put Sorensen on the field once to try and take that away and then went back to what he was doing before. It was predictable what Houston was doing. We saw it coming from a mile away. They ran very similar plays the entire second half. Steve Spagnuolo continued to trot out the same matchups, continued to trot up the same thing on the field. If Will Fuller could catch, we wouldn't be talking about run defense this week. We'd be talking about how terrible the Chiefs' secondary was. They got beat all over the field. It wasn't just run defense. Steve Spagnuolo called a very, very, very poor game against Houston this week. I'm, I'm dissatisfied, very dissatisfied. Steve Spagnuolo is probably one of my lower levels of grievances from this because I think he has dealt a pretty difficult hand right now. And I think you could same thing could be said for Sutton last year and a couple years before. I don't think the defensive talent is what it needs to be. I was also planning on going into this year having growing pains with a very different defensive scheme, one that require that has a lot of different play calls. I expected more blown coverages, more big mistakes than what we've seen so far. But you've seen guys just fail in their execution. I think if the Chiefs could tackle, I think Steve Spagnuolo looks a lot better. I agree with Craig that he did not do a good job adjusting to a lot of what the Texans were doing. Down the stretch, the Texans just stacked Hopkins and Will Fuller on top of each other, and the Chiefs could not figure out how to literally get out of each other's way. Even when they were trying to switch, they just couldn't do it. Like, that's an issue. But I don't think he's dealing with good enough talent to make a huge thing. It's his first year. You expect a bottom third of the league defense. It is what it is. It's no different than what I expected, I guess, is the issue. So I can't be too mad. If this is how next year starts, then I start to get a lot more worried. All right, next next one. I, I don't want to add to that. Injuries. Corey Peter says, aggravate Mahomes' ankle, defeat the Chiefs. Any questions? Grant Tuttle. It seems like maybe Chris Jones and Eric Fisher are important. Dave Baum. If Andy Reid can't find a run game, he's going to ruin Patrick Mahomes the way Mike Shanahan ruined RG3. And then this one from Kansas Jeremy. The universe is based on balance. Mahomes' offensive ability will ultimately suck any talent away from his team's defense. It happened at Tech. It happened in KC. Mahomes is our salvation and reckoning. Perfectly balanced. (laughs) That has nothing to do with injuries, but it just reminded me that Mahomes had an injury. The injuries are, look, let's just have some honesty here. The injuries are definitely a part of why this football team has sucked. Specifically, Patrick Mahomes getting his ankle walked into, we don't need to go there again because I blacked out the last time. I do think with all the issues, this team is probably 6-0 if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, which is crazy. Now, we're probably still having a lot of these conversations just with a... They got, they better get it right before the AFC Championship game. Like that's really where the conversation is. It's gone from you know getting right for the AFC Championship game to uh, let's hope that they get a bye. Let's hope they're not playing Wild Card Weekend. I think that's kind of the pulse of where we're at right now. I am very frustrated with Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury. I thought that this week in the second half was probably the worst I've seen him, and I 100% attribute it to his ankle injury. I also kind of wonder if maybe his arm, when his arm got hit the first play, something got tweaked there because everything was off his back foot, no weight put on his front foot at all, just very passive off the back foot, and there wasn't the same kind of zip on the football, and everything was missing short and low. And it just, I honestly, that looked, that was the worst I've seen Mahomes play. Obviously, it's all because of the injury. We know what he's capable of. But that second half was hard to watch. The injuries are rough. I think Kent summed up a lot of it very well. I think one thing to talk about with 
without Eric Fisher being injured, if Eric Fisher is healthy, I think a lot of these issues, these grievances that we're airing today or last week don't exist. Not only because it helps keep Pat healthy because his ankle does not get stepped on 13 times every single game, but he also provides much better run blocking and much, much better pass blocking than what Cam Irving does. And it makes a big deal when it's an offensive tackle that you can't trust to do literally anything on the field. Eric Fisher may not be a great left tackle. He may not be elite, but he's very good. He's very competent. He belongs starting in the league. If you want to include run blocking, which it's debatable how important that is, he is definitely one of your top 10 left tackles in the NFL. He's up there. So missing Eric Fisher really, really does matter. It matters more when your backup's Cam Irving and your team relies on your quarterback to win just about every single game. So that injury, I think, is kind of skating under the radar. People talk about it, but I still think it's under the radar for how important it is because the Chiefs don't lose either one of these games with a healthy Fisher because of the snowball effect it would have if you were still playing. Yeah, uh, these guys nailed it. I just got one thing to add. I know we're all waiting for the move at the trade deadline. We're waiting to see what it is. Guys, honestly, getting Eric Fisher and Patrick Mahomes more healthy and on the field and even to 80% of what themselves are might be the biggest single move that happens this season because if Patrick Mahomes is a little more healthy and Eric Fisher can buy him a little more time, a lot of this isn't as big of an issue because we can sweep a lot of it under the rug. But also get a corner. Also get a offensive, corner, yeah. Offensive line time, uh, they deserve a lot of it. Andrew Richard, six. The left side of the O-line is so bad, they might as well put, put mop buckets out there and still be a better blocker than Cam Irving. My guitar is his. Mahomes isn't going to want to resign here if the Chiefs can't get it together with the personnel issues, offensive line, and defense. Cruxy 87. We should, like, you know, take Kurt Cam Irving and give him to the Dolphins so he can show his real skill. <laughs> Kodak Matt. Uh, the fact that our run game is just as bad as our defense says a lot about our offense. Jake Fernow says, as a Chiefs fan, I've waited 30 years for a great quarterback in his prime. Now that we have an amazing quarterback, our team is squandering his talent and letting him take way too many hits. Uh, I Look, the offensive line is bad. It wasn't as bad as it has been this week. It still wasn't good. Don't get me wrong. Some of the hits Mahomes took were on him, but it is still a compounding of the issues that have led to him being injured. That is frustrating me. I'm going to let Cam Irving stepping on Patrick Mahomes' ankle fester for a while. And it's just not going away. And I don't want it to go away. I have that burned in my brain. And it is literally one of the most frustrating things I have seen in my life because we are just depriving ourselves of normal Patrick Mahomes. But... All that being said, the offensive line has not been good. Uh, there's a lot up in the air, and there really doesn't seem to be a great solution outside of Eric Fisher getting back. Maybe what happens is Fisher stabilizes the left guard situation a little bit more because those guys need to be in step with each other, need to be in communication with each other. Maybe that fixes some of these things. I don't know. I would argue this was the Chiefs' offensive line's best performance of the year after hearing Charles Ominihu talk about the Texans knowing the pass protection calls. You take an already poor offensive line and an opposing player that happens to know what they're doing, or at least has a good guess at what the protection is going to be, and we get the product that we saw, that's not bad. Like, it's not good. It's clearly not good, but they're already playing with both feet tied together and both hands tied behind their back. So the fact that they were able to act like traffic cones and pe force people to go around them at times is a win. The offensive line's a problem. Eric Fisher needs to come back. I don't think Austin Ryder's great. I think the whole left side of the offensive line from center all the way over is an issue right now. Lord Duvernay-Tardif was definitely peaking, got a contract like he was going to continue to ascend, and if anything, he's regressed with his injuries. He's very volatile. He's very up and down. He has really bad losses far too often for a guard that's paid as much money as he is. Mitchell Schwartz is the only good like actually good player they have, and even he looks like he is struggling with some kind of stiffness or just trying to get it to click with LDT and the depth of Mahomes drops in this new offense right now. Nothing looks good along the offensive line. I just don't think this is the best game to pick them to say they were a big issue. 
Yeah, when you got Carlos Hyde tipping uh, tipping protection calls to the Texans' offensive line, whoo, buddy. Car- Carlos is out <laughs> to burn some bridges. Carlos is definitely out to burn some bridges. Uh, yeah, there's, offensive line's no got to be better. We, we hit that over the head. Let's go next because this next one's one people want to talk about. Oh, the run defense. Steve Eduardo. There's nothing quite like knowing that your defense has zero chance of stopping the opponent in a critical situation. It takes the anxiety out of watching. Sauerkraus23 said, I picked up Carlos Hyde in fantasy this week. Ken Dad said tackle better and then posted a picture of an Amazon on from an from Amazon of a tackling ring. <laughs> it's so good. LL Trav 60. I'm no defensive genius, but does it look like the defensive line and the linebackers are playing different schemes? D-line seems to be shooting gaps and linebackers are not filling but sitting and waiting. I mean, <laughs> at this point, maybe <laughs> Jamal 4 asks we signed and traded for run stoppers that can't stop the run, and now we also can't run the pass, rush the passer. Excellent. And Russell, 2018, says the defense is trying to eat soup with fork. <laughs> D. Johnston, 29, says the secondary is the best group of defense by a wide margin. T. Hod, 1982, said Lee and Wilson are atrocious. I'm sure they're fine gentlemen. But my God, Spags looks lost. Defenders run directly into offensive line, men, offensive linemen right into their blocks. They try to bulldoze their way to the ball and they fail. Pyatt Richard can't wait to watch 40 minutes of Philip Lindsay running for five plus yards of carry on Thursday. Real Dan Bailey responded and Joe Flacco scramble for 40 ish. Also, shout out to Lou Dog 73. Josh Singer, Andrew Richard Six for their comments. I'm going to go take a nap because that was an exhausting one. I, this is the question I get asked the most out of anything wrong with the defense. I get asked, how do you fix the run defense? And I mean, Steve Spagnuolo even said it today. It's not a thing. It's not one thing. It's everything. If your name's not Frank Clark, You've been terrible at defending the run this year. It really is Frank Clark and five or six other guys playing run defense, and the other five or six other guys are all running different directions, unable to tackle. So it's it's a problem. And Frank Clark even has moments where he's not particularly great against the run either, but it's all bad. And I don't know if it's an ex- execution thing. I don't know if it's just these players suck and they can't follow instructions. I don't know if the it's just because the interior defensive line are getting blown off the ball. Linebackers are too slow. Linebackers literally can't beat a block, whether stacking and shedding or slipping a block. It's not working all around. They need to completely gut it. They got to figure something out. They've got to add something to this run defense to make it better or change it or something because it's the explosive run place it's they're giving up three four five yards on some of these runs over and over and over again those aren't the problem you got to fix the explosive ones first because those are the ones that are killing them they got to do a better job of getting themselves into third and long situations so that their pass defense can at least have an opportunity to protect against a longer developing route. Yeah, guys, uh, run defense doesn't matter. So I think that's really all I have to add to the subject. It's the least <laughs> important aspect of uh, winning a football game right now. So it's in. I mean, I'm with Craig. It's not going to be fixed. Well, no, I don't think it's going to be fixed this year. There is nothing the Chiefs are going to be able to do to fix it this year. The players are just playing the run poorly, schematically, execution, nothing's working. I don't think it's going to work this year. Your hope is it gets slightly better, but then you return to the fact that teams will simply not be able to run the ball for significantly less production and efficiency that you can throw the ball for, and teams will quit trying to do it, or they'll do it and let the Chiefs win once the offense is back to clicking. That's what you're hoping for. I I think there's one little thing that could make some improvements and I'm not saying it's the end all be all or anything like that but this team on all levels of their defense just gets dragged down the field for an additional two or three or four or five or seven yards and like there's some times where they're they they're they're in position for a three yard gain 
and it gets dragged to the nine. Soft. Like soft. So it's just it's softness. And so that is one thing that even in even when they're in position at times, they just get dragged down the field. There is no pride. There is no aggression. It is a lot of tentative play where some even when they're in position, they just get dragged down the field consistently. Everyone gets dragged down the field. Third and five becomes or third and second and second and five becomes second and one way too often. It's just it's disgusting. All right, the refs. <laughs> I think we talk about we can talk about that real quick. MOP nineteen ninety five says the if is the NFL fixed rigged scripted use whatever term you want. <laughs> Shorty Jaw Love says and the NFL must hate the Chiefs. It's two rule books. And then it's an American says there's another Hockley. <laughs> uh the the pass interference that wasn't a pass interference was ridiculous. I don't like the explanation. I don't think it was a good explanation. The 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 fact of the matter is Travis Kelsey was mugged by Lonnie Johnson, who is not good at football. Uh and the Chiefs were Patrick Mahomes' first interception was gifted to the to the Houston Texans. And it was a massive play in the football game. Like the Chiefs did a lot to screw that game up. But that play was a 14-point swing, probably. And that's egregious. And that's frustrating. And just compounding it on top of everything else that's happened is just ridiculous. And all the penalties, too. Most of them were the Chiefs' fault, but especially the ones that were on Dave Tobe's side of the field. But whatever. <laughs> I just... Guys, stop reviewing pass interference. Don't throw the flag anymore. I get why Andy did. Andy wanted to show his players that he backed them. He was willing to burn a timeout for that play. Don't maybe prove a point. Don't ever challenge pass interference. They don't overturn it. You've got to you got to walk up, take your helmet off, take the other player's helmet off, hit them on the side of the head with your helmet, usher them to the ground slowly and hope that the ball is thrown their way if you want a pass interference call to go your way. It ain't happening. Stop challenging it. These refs were atrocious all around. I think they were bad for both teams. I'm biased. I'm a Chiefs fan. So I think it was worse for the Chiefs. I think part of this also goes back to what Craig was saying earlier. And I kind of mentioned it with Travis Kelsey. This team is soft with a capital S-O-F-T. Refs impact how they feel about themselves, which impacts their play far more than it should. These guys do not recover from bad calls that they don't agree with unless it's Patrick Mahomes making magic or Tyreek Hill. I'll give Tyreek Hill the edge too. I don't think he's affected like everybody else is similar to Pat, but everybody else in this team just starts shutting down offense, defense. It doesn't matter when they don't get things going their way. A bad penalty, they're done. They quit. They're out. Go. Oh, okay. Craig, uh, this next I one, will say real quick. I, I got, I got okay. one thing to tag this up really quick. I liked McCole Hardman running through the defender there. Woo! I liked that. I Give me that juice, young Gaines. man. Give me that juice. Uh, you can play with me if you're going to play like that. That's fine. You may not be able to run her out, but get the ball in his hands. That that got a little bit of energy into this football team. Oh, absolutely. I liked it. More of that, please. All right, I've got a big – this one's the longest one to read <sighs> because it. I, I classified it as no Super Bowl – it's basically just everyone who has a very negative opinion of this football team to this point. And I hope I don't like I don't feel bad if you got clumped into this. Some of them are worse than others. Uh, but this is going to take a while. Craig just sat down and kind of <laughs> rested for a second. Chief Boyer DG, I'm just baffled by the number of times we've fallen victim to the stacked wide receivers slant Slant to the inside and the corners has no idea it's coming. It's the exact same play the Patriots ran on consecutive third downs in the AFC Championship game. Are we truly that incompetent? Brandon, 422. The Chiefs are a paper tiger. Sam Williams, 360. Reed isn't coaching well. All of Brett Feach's signings are busts. Spags is worse than Sutton. The offensive line is garbage. This team may not make the playoffs. Petit J52. I went to Lewisburg today. It was a good decision. <laughs> That's my buddy. Mahomes, Sherlock... 
The Chiefs finally tricked me into thinking I didn't have to live my life waiting for the other shoe to drop. Then they tried to move Cam Irving to tackle, and all that was undone. Shorty jaw love. Mr. Hunt should really think this is a bust season. D can't stop a toddler running. Eric Martinson, the painful feeling of almost being good enough, yet knowing that we're going to find some way to screw things up is comfortable and familiar. My fandom is not a tragedy. It's a comedy. Get Champion, he says. Comparing the defense to Swiss cheese is an offense to Swiss cheese. My playoff hope to, hopes aren't optimistic. Notice I said playoffs, not Super Bowl. P. Flub, why can't we have nice things? Royals Chief 11, I have the Raiders as the favorites to win the AFC West now. And the best one, Josh Wyatt. Are we taking? <laughs> Shout out OMG, it's power. Sampy 2006, Will Amos, Cave Kavlosa. Uh, Adam Plinsky, fan Casey 58, Keller 147 for similar sentiments. Uh, I still think if this team gets Patrick Mahomes healthy, everything's in play. That's really all I got to say. Patrick Mahomes gets healthy. They can still win a Super Bowl. I think that they have stuff to fix, and it does start with Patrick Mahomes. And probably the best way to fix Patrick Mahomes is to fix Eric Fisher. So Eric Fisher back, Patrick Mahomes healthy. This team can contend for the Super Bowl. I don't have faith in what I've seen from Andy Reid this year that he can outcoach Bill Belichick. He has in the past, 100%. I don't think he's been good enough this year to outcoach Bill Belichick. That is my concern once we get into the playoffs is the Patriots' good secondary is just going to figure out how to slow down the Chiefs plenty enough in order for Sony Michelle to run for 553 yards and Tom Brady to throw for 873 yards. I just, for all the negativity that I have about elements of this team, I can't in good conscience say that this team is not still one of the best two or three teams in the AFC. Guys, they're going to the playoffs. The AFC West is awful. And it's not like anybody else has an easy schedule from here out. These teams are going to lose a lot of games. And like Kent and Matt said, if Eric Fisher comes back, if Patrick Mahomes is a little bit healthy, Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill playing more than 50% of the snaps, all of a sudden that offense forces teams to have to play differently than we've seen them have to play against the Chiefs so far in the past couple weeks. Guys, Houston's a good team. I, I know that we're doom and gloom about Houston coming into Arrowhead and winning. There's a lot of teams in this league that are going to fold when they go down 17-3 to to the Chiefs. The Houston Texans are not one of those teams. They know Deshaun Watson and those weapons can keep them in that game, get them back in that game, especially against the Chiefs defense. I'm not worried about this team getting to the playoffs. They're going to get to the playoffs. They're going to win the AFC West. At that point, it just matters about being hot. Bob Sutton had a garbage defense for the entirety of last year. And if D Ford lines up on side, there's a good chance that Bob Sutton's defense wins a Super Bowl last year. And he wasn't even hot. He played two hot games, Oakland and Indy, last year. The rest of it was garbage, and they still got there. I get you can't lean on Patrick Mahomes that entire time, but a healthier Patrick Mahomes, a healthier Eric Fisher, is still good enough to get this team into January when it's anybody's game. The Chiefs have to be better, one game better than the Texans to get a bye. They've got the tiebreaker against Baltimore. They've played their toughest road AFC West game already and won it, which I can't believe the Raiders are the toughest AFC West game to this point, but here we are. Uh, They're still going to be fine. I still think everything's on the table. It does not make this last two weeks easier. It absolutely does not. They got to get it right in two days against the Denver Broncos on the road on national television, but they're going to be fine. We hope just get Patrick Mahomes healthy. That's it. That's all that matters. Uh, We were going to do a Frank Clark one, but we ran out of time. Shout out to Chiefs girl. One zero one three Colby. Oh, two real Dan Bailey, Grant March, David Tompkins, uh, you had some Frank Clark takes. Most of them were neg- neg- negative. Colby O2 was supporting Frank, which I don't hate entirely, actually. But let's not. He's have better that than you think he's been. He's not as good as he needs to be. It's that simple. Yeah, 
There you go. I mean, that that really is all of it. Also, if Reggie Ragland plays that gap inside of Frank Clark on that Deshaun Watson play, probably lights up Deshaun Watson. But whatever. Clark should have brought him down short still. Yeah. There you go. Actually, if you right, rewatch that, that play, just one more thing. You rewatch that play, Emmanuel Ogba comes over and gets in Reggie Ragland's face immediately afterwards. Immediately afterwards. Ugh. So, yeah. Big yeah. yikes. All right. That's going to do it for the uh, the airing of the grievances. Chiefs to this 2.0. Hopefully, there's really not any more of these. That uh, would be nice. Uh, we're going to be back next week. We will not have a second episode of Game Preview because of the Thursday night game. Be sure to listen to Arrowhead Pride Radio. We will all three be on there on Wednesday. It goes up Wednesday night. We'll catch you later.